This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, Norse God himself, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I found out today that a screaming goat will make me laugh <laughs> every, every single, single time. time. It will. It, it never once got old. <laughs> it doesn't. It absolutely does not get old. Oh, I love screaming goats. I love everything. I love a lot about this movie. So i uh, just going to tip my hand a little bit on this. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the podcast, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review over there, we'll read it on air next time we record. Both of those things go a long way in getting the podcast into the ears of new listeners. we got two new ratings with no, no new reviews, so I'd love to hit like 50 by like the end of August. So if you're, if you're listening to us on... On Apple, uh, do us a favor, just scroll on down, at least hit the little five-star. You don't have to do the review. It, it, just hit the little five-star thing. And like I said, those ratings go a, a long way in like getting uh, the show recommended and showing up in people's uh, podcast catchers. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about it. We are talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, the newest uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Real quick before we talk about this film, let's go ahead and talk about Thor. Let's talk about his journey in the MCU. Let's talk about Taika Waititi. Uh, general thoughts on Thor coming into this film. Uh, excited because Taika Waititi saved Thor yes, and Ragnarok, <laughs> and w- which made him so much better in the Avenger movies. Uh, so, yeah, I was excited because, like I said, thank you, Taika. Uh, the first two Thor movies are probably at the bottom for me at Marvel. They're in the bottom, probably 10, uh, yeah. the, especially the second one. I, yeah, just, second I, movie, I, can't, yeah. I re- don't remember anything of it. It was so boring. Uh, <laughs> since, you know, Loki, you got Thor and Loki. That's always yeah, good. But that's always it fun. Is, but it's just, they just weren't that fun. Uh, and then Taika realized that chris hemsworth is a comedic genius yes and so that made it you know my excitement for this just i was ready for this one yeah look uh first two thors the first one was fine it's not great but it's fine i i watch it and you know i was entertained by it but it wasn't the best movie in the world second one was it's like it's the same way for me it's towards the bottom of my mcu list uh, I just, it's not a great movie in my personal opinion. Third one, I did not actually see it. This is actually the first, Love and Thunder was actually the first Thor movie I saw in theaters because I, when I was Ragnarok came out, I wasn't expecting much because the first two were not great. Uh, so this was the first one I actually saw in theaters. But, you know, Taika Waititi, he, he changed it. But the reason he changed it is because Chris Hemsworth went to, went to Kevin Feige and said, look, when I, 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 he wanted something different with his character. He didn't like what they were doing with his character, the fact that it was so serious. And they were going to go in a different direction with uh, Ragnarok. They were getting ready to make it more in line with what they had the previous 
Thor films. And when Chris Hemsworth went to Feige and said, you know, we need to do something different. That's when the direction of the character changed. That's when they bring in Taika Waititi. And I'll be real honest with you. Taika Waititi, I had no idea who he was before, before Ragnarok. I was like, Taika Waititi? Has that a, a, yeah. Now he's like almost, not quite, but he's almost a, a household name because of oh, uh, yeah. what he's done and how he, how much his career has changed. Uh, so I mean, he's blown up since it's like, I, I was sort of familiar with him because I knew that he had done the What We Do in the Shadows movie that people right. like. But like like you, but since then, I, I watch What We Do in the Shadows TV show. I watch Reservation Dogs. Mm-hmm. I love Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I haven't gone back and watched his earlier couple of movies. I know the, I think it's something boys that's like really supposed to be really good. Yeah, uh, I, but, about, I can't think of a name. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I, I will watch anything he's involved with. Yeah, and supposedly like what he's done since his star has risen, he's just kind of lended his name because like uh, Reservation Dogs, he actually doesn't have a whole lot to do with it, but he is friends with like the people who created it. So he wanted that, but he knew that by putting his name associated with it, it would give it more cachet and would draw a bigger audience. And he's done that quite a bit from what I understand uh, since he's kind of become a little bit of a bigger deal, but uh, he has very distinct storytelling. I mean, it's always really funny. There's a lot of tonal shifts in his stuff and that's, one of the things in this in this film uh but just general thoughts on love and thunder you saw it today i saw it on thursday what were your general thoughts uh i really enjoyed it it was a fun movie uh there is some plot stuff i'm still not convinced or confused about but overall it was a really fun movie uh chris hemsworth man just deadpan the way he delivers lives hilarious i don't know it's not fair. It is not fair <laughs> to be that good looking, that yes. ripped, and can be that funny. It's it's not fair. Yeah, it's it's not. He's just so good in this. And like I said, it's really because and look, he's he was doing this in Endgame and Infinity War as well. So like they they really understood that what Taika Waititi did with his character and the the transition they made him because he's a still like this serious character, but he's such a he's a bit of a doofus ever since yeah, yeah. Uh, Ragnarok came around. But it's great. But he still gets the job done. Uh, he's not just a complete idiot, but he is just this like I am I am the god I am the Norse god and I am fantastic and you will bow before me and you will marvel at how great I am and then and he always ends up doing something great. There's no question about that. But it's always he's kind of bumbling along the way a lot of the times too. Uh, I look, this film, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it's got issues. It's it's trying really hard a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I, like I said, I, it's just, this is what, to me, what the MCU is supposed to be 90% of the time. We're supposed to get these films that are good, that are fun, that are entertaining, but we'll occasionally get that groundbreaking film where the, we'll get that... Uh, the you know uh winter soldier we'll get the infinity war we'll get those we'll get those on occasion but we don't have to have that every time and right. uh it's not doing right on, on rotten tomatoes it's like 68 percent or something like that which is still good but it's not great uh and i think part of this i think there is a lot of people i think the only expectation this thing was having to meet up was the Ragnarok expectations i think yeah. that has kind of hurt it a little bit i don't know what you what I think so. oh that's exactly what it is this i this isn't Ragnarok, no, Ragnarok. but we were so like you mentioned shocked by how good Ragnarok was that it would be hard for any 
movie to live up to that hype. Um, yeah. But but you make a good point. You know, this Shang-Chi, you know, these movies can be fun yes. at the same time. They don't all have to be so serious and just, you know, bore you to death. And, I, yeah. and I'm glad, you know, like you said, there are things that, uh, that are misses in this movie, but it's so much fun. I don't care. I'd, if these, if Taiki and Thor want to keep going, I'll yeah. keep watching. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I, like, I don't know if we're going to get Taika on a, on, on another one. I, I, I don't know what their, their plan is for if there's going to be a fifth Thor or if they're just going to put Thor in other movies. I don't know how they're going to do that. He's going to be, he's going to be back. They literally yeah. said that at the end of the credits. Yeah. On, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the end of this movie. So, but I really don't know what the plans. Let's go ahead and get our, our things that we're just not huge fans of. Uh, let's get that out of the way so we can just talk about the stuff that we love. So what did you struggle with on some of this? Uh, I know we've been praising him, but I thought Korg wasn't that funny. Yeah, there were times he was, it, it felt like a lot of his lines felt forced. Uh, very forced. Like yeah. they were going for Drax. Yes, they were. Mm. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because we just don't expect Dave Bautista to be funny, right? Uh, but and so he kills it and just. But he was getting on my nerves, and I was just <laughs> like, and I was just like, okay, this is supposed to be funny. And I also wonder, like, maybe you know, Taiki, Taikia, Taikia, what is Taiki? Taiki. Uh, he uh, he is so busy, right? that maybe somebody else should have taken this role uh you know another right. voice uh so the, to to help him out one of the guys from what we do in the shadows there's three of them there that would have been perfect right. for this but yeah i i, I didn't like Korg. i thought he, i thought he was getting on my nerves okay uh one of the things well anything else you got besides besides Korg that just kind of stuck out because i'll do mine yeah. i'm not sure what gore the the god butcher's plan was Oh, okay. Well, that I can, I can, uh, I, I got a pretty good idea. The guy, the, the, the point of it was, and this is where, if I think originally, let's go ahead and just talk about this. Originally, this was a supposed to be like when they got done filming, there was a four and a half hour cut of this movie that was out there. Uh, they cut it down to just under two. So I think some of the things they tried to make sure that they told the, the cohesive story, but the plan was he was going to, this is when they were in a turn, uh, omnip, omnipotent city. They talked about this. He was going to go to eternity, which is like one of the like four beings that like created everything in, in the universe and stuff, according to Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was going to go to eternity, and basically, if you get there, you're let you're granted whatever you ask for. And he was going to ask for the gods to be killed. That was what he was asking. That's the that's what they were trying to stop. He wanted all the gods to be killed. And that was because he had the the necro sword that was going to allow him to do it, but. Uh, Obviously, it's kind of like it's a little bit like what Thanos was trying to do, except he was just doing it towards the gods. He wanted all the gods to be killed, and that's why he was going to eternity. So, uh, I, I I caught that. So maybe that's one reason I didn't have an issue. Well, I, but like, so Thor's little speech made him change his mind. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, the basically he had to break through to uh, he had to break through and convince him that you know let's bring your daughter back instead of worrying instead of having because the necro sword this is kind of it has it has that same kind of thing that the dark old had where it corrupts you as you get it um and they talk about this it, it, towards the beginning of the film uh 
as it gets it, as you get it, as you wield it, it starts to kill you. It starts to corrupt you. Uh, and you know, what would have been his, what should have been his initial thought was to bring back his daughter, but because of the fact that Necrosaurus was corrupting him, uh, it was Thor and Jane Foster and Jane Foster being there dying, I think is one of the things that kind of pushed him over the edge is that, you know, bring your daughter back. We'll, she's not going to be alone. Uh, and that was the thing that kind of got to him. So. Okay. I, I understand. I remember the stuff at the beginning of the movie. I'm not buying that. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I I'm, not, no, I'm not buying Thor did a good enough job to convince oh, yeah. him not to, not to kill everyone. Right. Uh, like I said, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought he, I thought he and Jane combined, I thought did a good job of that. So I, I didn't have an issue with that, but uh, everybody has their own issue. So yeah. uh, anything else you have? No, I think that was the, the, the main stuff. And, you know, it was, there were so many different, like, what kind of movie is this? Yeah, that was going to be, yeah, my issue is there's a lot of tonal shifts. There's a lot of times where you're going, well, most of this is actually a romantic comedy, uh, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, a lot of it, this is, if this, if we talk about, like, subgenres that are in Marvel films, this would be their romantic comedy, but there are times when they kind of deviate, deviate away from that. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of tonal shifts because uh, you go from, you know, the really funny, uh, just slapstick stuff to, you know, Jane having cancer. Uh, and, but that's Taika and that's who he is. Uh, yeah. I mean, he does that in his films. So, I mean, even in the first, in his first Thor movie, Ragnarok, I mean, you still as funny and as lighthearted as that movie was, you still had them, him, uh, Thor, and Loki dealing with the death of of Odin and their father, and so there's like that. There's he does that in pretty much all of his films. So uh, it's just part of what. Well, I mean, he took a movie. He took a movie with the Holocaust, yes, including mm-hmm. where he plays Hitler, right, and made it a lighthearted <laughs> family. I haven't seen know, it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about Jojo Rabbit, right? Everyone. Mm-hmm. So well worth watching. So I mean, yes, the man is gifted at mixing in both those. But I'm with you. I can see the four and a half. I think there's stuff in here that may have, you know, made made some better. Uh, but you know. Uh, Th- those those were my couple of just issues that I at leaving it. I was I, I, the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, I had to think more about right. what the plan was. Yeah, that that was his plan. Like I said, I thought he did. I thought Thor and Jane did a good job. I thought, like I said, I thought them together. And I think her Jane dying is what kind of pushed him through. Is the fact that she was willing to that she was willing to basically kill herself because every time she used Mjolnir, it, even though it healed her while she was using it, it was killing her in the process uh it was keeping the the uh, radiation from the chemotherapy from working i think that was kind of what started to push him towards the edge is that she, she was willing to sacrifice her life so that uh to try to get through to him and i think that i think that had more to do the more to do with it than thor himself had anything to do with it so all right so let's go ahead and kind of get into the film uh, I, I don't want to go beat by beat. Uh, if you if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen it, but nevertheless, uh, let's talk about some of the, the high points. Uh, opening scene. Well, let's talk about Christian Bale first. Christian Bale as Gore. What do you think? Incredible. Yeah, just as <laughs> as good as you would expect, Christian Bale. Uh, just scary. Just how intense he is. And one of his scenes uh, where he's scaring the children and telling them that story, and he, that, that that scene alone is why you get Christian Bell. Yeah, and, but and, what's and, great about that scene is 
he's scaring the children and it's kind of creepy but it's really funny at the same time yeah yeah it is yeah <laughs> he pops that head off of that yeah. of that creature that's there i mean it's just right which is goes to 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 tyka's influence i mean he's that's yeah. that's him all the way uh but christian bale is such a gifted actress actor and yeah. it's, we don't see him in nearly enough stuff if you ask me yeah. uh but he he's one of the better villains in in, in mcu oh, history has to be yeah yeah, I mean, I put them right there with uh, Hela and Thanos. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name from uh, Warmonger from Black Panther? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, you know, those are kind of my top ones. I think he's right there with them. And just, a, you know, he is so, excuse me, he's just so very good. And there are times when the, they kind of dip into some gothic horror stuff with this film. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that, to say the least, when I was watching it. Yeah, it definitely, and maybe that was part of it got cut. It could have gotten most darker horror like like you said like dr strange yeah I, I, I was really surprised by that the way they did this and then what was interesting let me just go ahead and kind of get a little nerd corner here the power set that hella has in the comics that is much more what gore actually is it, this ability to create just weapons out of thin air that's a that's a gore the god butcher power and there's a lot of people speculating coming into this like so is he going to have hella powers which is uh, a lot of the stuff that Hela did in, in uh, Ragnarok, but it was also this ability to summon like the undead. So I'm kind of thinking that shadow stuff that he did, I think that's kind of where they were kind of pulling from that is that's kind of what a power of hers that they gave to him because he didn't do the any of the just creating weapons out of thin air stuff that uh, he does in the comics because like I said, they gave that to Hela for some reason in Ragnarok. I don't really know why, but it all worked together. So, yeah. uh, But like I said, just really good stuff from him. Uh, we also have uh, Natalie Portman returning in this film. She, if you don't under know the story behind why she was not in Ragnarok, she actually didn't finish filming uh, the second Thor uh, at the very end of the at the end of the movie. Like there's a scene where Thor and Natalie kiss, and you only see the back of Thor's head, uh, Natalie Portman's head. And that's not her. It's actually his uh, his girlfriend or his person he lives with. I'm not exactly sure how you want to refer to that. Uh, but that's his partner. Yeah, his partner. So that's who he's kissing in the second one because she left the set because they ended up leave, they turned the last bit of uh, directing. They they uh, Patty Jenkins ended up. They say they didn't like what she was doing, and Natalie Portman was very close to Patty Jenkins. And that's the, one of the reasons why she doesn't come back in the third one is because she was so tied to it and she didn't like the way that they did Patty Jenkins. So she didn't come back for the third one. So they bring her back for this one. Look, I love Natalie Portman. I think she's great. Uh, I always thought she was a weird choice for the MCU, especially because the MCU, you need people that can pull off some humor as well. And that's not necessarily her strength. Uh, what do you think about Natalie Portman's return? Because I, 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 I liked it. I thought she was really good. Yeah, yeah I, I did really, too. Really, really enjoyed her this uh you know the other Thor movies. I don't. I I, I thought this was a, her best return, and she really did a good job of of playing the drama of the cancer, but also hilarious. I mean, yeah. the the whole catchphrase thing, which yes, catchphrase to, thing was great. It made me laugh every time. Yeah, because <laughs> she cannot figure out her catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just fantastic stuff. Like I said, I, I like her, and I thought she did really good in this. Mm-hmm. I was I was pleased. Like the the my Thor storyline where she gets cancer. That's straight out of the comics. Uh, so. I thought they did a really good job of that. And I thought it was good to get Kat Dennings to kind of be there yeah. at the beginning to walk her through the cancer portion of, of this. 
and to kind of make her understand, you know, just how serious it was. And, you know, because she seems to be kind of in denial when we, we first meet her in, uh, in that, towards that, towards that opening scene. So. And Kat uh, Dennings, always good to see her in these, anything yeah. in Marvel. She's yeah, always she, a welcome surprise. Yeah, she's great. I, I, I've loved yeah, her in every is. single thing that she's done uh, yeah. with, with Marvel. I didn't see, Two girls or whatever it was that, that yeah. I didn't see that sitcom that she did, but I've liked I liked all of that she's done while she's been in the MCU. So, um, all right, so let's talk also. Let's talk a little bit about the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're not in this film very much, but they are in it. So let's go ahead and talk about their role. So, what do you think about this introduction when we get the Guardians of the Galaxy? I, I enjoyed it, uh, especially we got a lot of uh, Star Lord and Thor. Yes, you know, kind of. Uh, Star Lord trying to help Thor, but also annoyed by Thor. And yes. I love how the rest of the team is just ready to get rid of him. Yes, they were. Really ready for, yeah. they were just ready to move on. Uh, look, one of the things that's so interesting about this one because we've seen the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians of the Galaxy took down, you know, a celestial. They took down an Ego, uh, the living planet. They took down uh, a a creed that had uh, then one of the infinity stones and was overpowered by it. So look, they're extremely good and they're extremely powerful, but like you can kind of, the, what that's so great is they make Thor, because the, Thor is supposed to be one of the like, most powerful people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And like, they're just kind of waiting for him to come on and get off of whatever it is that he's doing. Yeah. That, he, that way he can kind of take care of, of all this crap that's going on with this initial attack. I don't know what those creatures were that they were fighting at the very beginning, but I'll go ahead and let's talk about this a little bit. The fact that they put like Guns N' Roses' greatest hits as the soundtrack, oh, fantastic Bro, stuff. I wrote that down, man. They nailed it on that. They really nailed did. It. I mean, it was they, so good. They did this with Immigrant, the uh, Metallica's Immigrant at the uh, end of Led Ragnarok. Zeppelin. Yeah, I'm sorry, Led, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Led Zeppelin's Immigrant at the end of Ragnarok. And that was a wonderful, that was a spectacular, one of the best legal drops in the entire MCU. Yeah. But they're yeah. really kind of matching it with this. Like, I didn't, oh, I don't yeah. know if Taika Waititi is just a huge Guns N' Roses fan, but it's the somebody has to be. Yeah, because they, they, these needle drops were spectacular where they put them. And and they changed the character's name to Axel. <laughs> they changed, they changed uh, what's his name? His character to uh, yeah. uh, Heimdall's son's name to yeah. Axel. That was fantastic. It yeah. just, really good stuff so uh but yeah that opening scene I, it's just i was cackling the entire time when when they're just waiting for for thor to come out and like thor then like does the the harry potter thing on his on on stormbreak i'm like i have no idea why he's doing that but you know what i'm fine with it <laughs> oh he also does uh the john claude van damme yeah, the, the leg splits uh, the, the leg splits which mm -hmm. is fantastic that was probably my favorite part because like like Drax just looks so annoyed. He, does. he looks absolutely annoyed, but uh, just great stuff from this entire scene. Because this entire first scene, just I like that I'm just laughing the entire time this this fight is going on. You got Stormbreaker; he's throwing it out there. He's taking everything out. Uh, he gets to that temple. <laughs> he ends up destroying the entire oh, temple. Uh, what's great is like the people that he's there to help. That they're, they're they're just like. Okay, we don't want to talk about the temple. Please don't talk about the temple. <laughs> We're glad you saved us, but let's not talk about the temple. Uh, and his reward for, for saving these people are the two goats. Yeah. Uh, uh, the goats are fantastic. The goats are, I mean, the, the goats are the goats. So <laughs> they really uh, are. Uh, but I guess uh, just general thoughts and how the Guardians played into this. Uh, were you surprised or were you, this was about what you thought we'd get out of them? So this is about what I thought, but. 
I really thought we were going to get them at the end when he kept saying, we really need an army. Uh, really, sure. I didn't think about that. I thought they are going to show up at the last second. I, I was just waiting on it until we got uh, Thor kids, which I'm all yes. for. That was, <laughs> that was so good. I, I'm glad what happened, but I, I kind of miss, I, I kind of wish we had had more guardians myself. I, I yeah. just love the guards of the galaxy. Guardians of the galaxy are fantastic. And like I said, I, I didn't even think about them coming back at the end. So, uh, but that didn't even, that didn't occur to me. I'm, I'm glad you thought about that. because It could have made sense if they had, yeah. if they had joined up with them. Uh, but yeah, I, this is about what I thought we would get out of them. I figured they would make a break at some point and they would, go their separate ways but what we got out of them you know chris pratt was obviously the middle making terminal list because he's looking shaggy <laughs> yeah he was looking really shaggy yeah <laughs> so he's obviously kind of splitting his time between the two when he was doing yeah. that because he looks pretty shaggy in the terminal list as well yeah. uh and pratt and hemsworth are so good together they really are uh they they should do a buddy cop movie <laughs> yes they do of them yeah well we'll talk about buddy cops here at the end of the show i want to talk about that in a second but uh just like like i said love love the guardians of the galaxy loved everything they're doing here uh the we obviously after that they we get the reveal of natalie portman having cancer uh she goes to she goes to new asgard the uh millionaire calls to her they, we don't actually see her get Mjolnir we see them kind of starting to react to her but we don't actually see her get it but when Chris Hemsworth as Thor makes his way back to New Asgard uh, that's when she shows up and she's kicking butt all of a sudden uh, look in Tessa Thompson apparently they had become friends were you okay with the fact they didn't really give us a reveal of how all that came together or were you okay yeah I think this sh- yeah, I think it would have been better if they revealed it. I mean, it was, they had never been in a movie together, right? Right. So, yeah, that was kind of weird. But, you know, they did make it like when, it, when, uh, I'm okay with it now that I think about it because when Thor sees somebody, you know, using it, uh, right. Miller, he's like, he says something like, who is that guy? And, and you know, Joffrey said, you're going to like this guy. So, yeah, yeah. so they did have time to to meet each other. So I think it was fine. And I love the introduction. Even though it's in the trailer, it was right. still awesome seeing how Mighty Thor is introduced. Yeah, it still was. It was absolutely fantastic. So uh, like I said, I just, I liked it. I thought it worked okay because they do make it clear that she has been there for a little bit at the very least. And that Tessa Thompson and she have kind of become friends in the process. And I was okay with it. Uh, what I didn't see coming was this whole gore capturing the children of new asgard i did not yeah. see that happening, and i didn't realize that was going to be one of the storylines that they go, go down uh good stuff for I, it really worked well for me because it gives thor a purpose it gives them all a purpose for the for, to say the least so like i said i like this idea and i liked the fact that gore ends up interacting with the kids and it makes for a really fun a fun story if you ask me yeah i agree and i thought uh kieran dyer who played axel was really good yeah, he was. He was really, really good. He was very believable as uh, Heimdall's son. I, I, yeah, I liked really him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I like the fact that you know he's uh, he's talking to Thor and he tells him, you know, I don't have this yeah. this power mastered. And he finally, uh, once he finally does, uh, he brings uh, Thor into the into the cage and just you know Thor getting to interact with the kids. And look, Chris Hemsworth is so good at that. I, I he didn't, is. I didn't realize he. I've never really seen him act around children. But he was great with those kids. He he really was, and just you know, just the stuff he says that's 
you know, borderline inappropriate and scary <laughs> exactly. to them, but he doesn't realize what he's doing. Right. Uh, it's just, it's just funny. It, it is. It's definitely funny. And one of the, the funniest things in this entire film, I, and I did not see this coming, the basically them giving personality to, to, to storm, to Stormbreaker. Uh-oh. Uh, every time that he's like coming across, they they have Stormbreak coming as like this ex jilted ex lover, jealous girlfriend yes. kind of thing. I, I was laughing every single time. I, I agree with you, but that is second to to, to the goats. The, the goats, yes. Because, like you said, it would just all of a sudden you would look up and see it, and you know, just see <laughs> it, Stormbreak will like, come in. Yeah. 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 I still laugh. Uh, I love it. So I funny. Yeah. Like I said, didn't they see that coming? That you know that. And we'll probably never see that again. No, no. <laughs> but no. I loved it for this film. I just absolutely loved it. Because, uh, you know, it, Thor is, he, Mjolnir is, it was his first weapon. It's the weapon he loved. And he's always trying to get it back. And now that it's there, he's like, I want it back. And Stormbreaker just always right there. Yeah. Uh, so just, oh, gosh, I love that. And look, this is, that's Taika Waititi being Taika Waititi. Yeah. Uh, now, let's talk about some of the exposition, how they have to fill this in. We get a couple of different like exposition dumps from Korg. Were you, did you like the way that they did this? And the one that really sticks out is the one where they're like giving the background on Thor and Jane Foster. I actually really like that because we haven't seen them together in no, a long time and we really didn't get their breakup. No, I thought haven't. all of that was good. And I'll tell you another reason. Uh, I'm actually going to see this at a drive-in in a couple of weeks with family members mm-hmm. that some of them have never watched a Marvel movie. Because of that, you can keep up with this and, yeah, and not be behind. So that that part of Korg did not, I, I, I was not bothered by that. I thought that was great. And it, it made this, you know, really flow. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I, I thought it worked really, really well. Uh, you know, we got serious romantic comedy. This was a romantic yeah. comedy when they were talking when they were talking about the breakup between uh, Thor and Jane Foster. I mean, those were like straight up romantic comedy scenes. They're having dinner. They're having yeah. arguments. I mean, that was just like I said, that was straight up a romantic comedy playbook. So, um, but they ended up going to Omnipotent City. I, I loved Omnipotent City. I thought it was just a sight to behold. What was your favorite Omnipotent City God? Oh, it's got to be Zeus. I see. I like the, I, I guess more of the periphery ones when there's like uh, going through and showing people, showing some of the other ones. Oh, Did yeah. any stick out to you? The Dumpling God was, was just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. The Dumpling God was funny. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Uh, there were a few that were in there. Uh, but obviously, you know, we get the introduction to Zeus. Uh, what do you think about Russell Crowe as Zeus? Killed it. He did. That, he, really he, did. he was, he's right. I mean, right there with 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 christian bell you know we got what maybe 10 minutes of him and he he ate up every scene and was just awesome i don't know what accent he was doing but he was doing a greek one which makes sense because zeus is the greek god so he was doing a greek accent it was like i didn't expect him to do that i expected to hear Russell crowe's voice but him coming out with the greek accent like oh that's fantastic he's actually working the greek stuff and look i don't know how great it is but that's what he was doing he's doing a greek accent yeah, so it was man. He he was hilarious. He didn't waste a second. No, and you know there were jokes that didn't land. They didn't come from Russell Crowe. His no, every joke he threw out landed. Yeah, and I, I guess one of the things one kind of nitpick you talk about jokes that didn't land. That's kind of the issue with this film. They are just they are throwing out so many jokes at a yeah. time. It like 
maybe some of them could have landed better, but you're just having them come so quick and so fast that yeah. not all of them were able to hit because you're still one, you may not have caught what they were saying previously because you were laughing at something they did earlier. And now you're, they're trying to piggyback on it. Just, and sometimes it, it didn't work. So, um, but like I said, the omnipotent city, I thought everything about it was, was wonderful. I thought it worked really well. I thought the going to drop in the sweet child of mine as they are escaping. Uh, yeah. That, omnipotent that was city. Awesome. Well, it was great. Uh, they drop. They have a couple of the uh, of our favorite things from Eternals. They have a couple of Celestials that pop up, and I was like, they're really putting some Easter eggs in this because there's there's a lot of Celestial stuff in here. There's a lot of uh, previous stuff in Guardians of the Galaxies. There's a lot of Easter eggs. And it's not going to go into them now, but if you want to look up the Easter eggs on do Google, if you would go Google Easter eggs from Love and Thunder, you're going to see quite a bit of because there's quite a few in uh, this particular movie. So, oh, I also love that. Thor admitted that he had stole his whole shtick from Zeus. Yes. <laughs> I think that's his, like, his idol and his hero. So that's who he, yeah. was, who he was going for. Uh, one of the things that I probably, I never quite figured out is what the Thunderbolt actually did uh, because yeah. apparently it can like transport people. And like I said, that's probably one area that they probably could have done a little bit better. They probably could have explained that a and little it, bit better. It kind of looked kind of cheesy. It did. It looked kind of cheap. <laughs> I mean, for this, supposed to be this really powerful weapon that they're talking about. It, it looked kind of cheap. <laughs> it really did. Which I guess it's hard to do a Thunderbolt <laughs> other than yeah. what they had. So uh, I don't know. Maybe do a CGI version of that's like glowing and something. I don't know. But like I said, it, you're right. It did look kind of cheap. So so, uh, but uh, uh, I was a little surprised the way they did. I, I still don't know if Zeus is actually dead or not. I don't think he yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he is either. Should we discuss the after credits now or wait? Let's wait. Let's wait till. Okay. Later. Yeah. yeah. Wanna, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure either. But I would love to see more Russell Crowe. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I hope he. I hope he's alive. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll get more than like ten minutes of him in any Marvel project in the future. But I've loved, I would like, I think they kept him alive. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, so they get the Thunderbolt, which is they're going for it, and then they head off to uh, the Shadow Realm, and that was one of the coolest parts of the entire film was when they go to the Shadow Realm. Yeah, I agree, man. When it changed colors. It was uh, definitely got you like that Sam Raimi uh, horror vibes. Yeah, it really did. Uh, I guess we need to talk a little bit about that. When they're going on the trip back, this is when kind of Thor and when they're making the trip to the Shadow Realm, this is when Thor and Jane are kind of rekindling their love for each other. Uh, We get a little backstory on Kord. Basically, his species, there are no women. There's only men based off of what he says is uh from what i can tell uh we get valkyrie kind of talking about this is all about love because this is very much a love and thunder there's a lot of queer stuff in this because that's what taika watiti does i mean if if you're if you're offended by that you shouldn't have gone and seen it because taika watiti incorporates that into almost everything he does the fact there wasn't that much of it in ragnarok was kind of surprising (laughs) perfectly honestly yeah so uh but so we get a little bit of that backstory and how all that stuff works for them. Uh, we get Korg and just his face. We kind of we had didn't talk about. Did you think Korg had died when uh, he had that encounter with Zeus? I kind of hoped he had. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if most I'm of being time, honest, yeah, most of the time though, Korg is good. So I like yeah, that. I'm, I'm yeah. glad they didn't just because yeah. I, I've enjoyed Korg and everything he's done up until this. And look, he wasn't terrible in this, but yeah, the stuff that they were doing with him wasn't landing nearly as well as it had been in Ragnarok. It didn't land as well as it had in uh, Endgame or Infinity War. Right. It, it just wasn't uh, too, but, too much of him. Yeah, there were there probably was. They were trying to make him a, as like the fourth member of this team. And they really probably should just have just Valkyrie, 
Jane Foster and, and Thor, yeah. to be perfectly honest. But yeah, I did think he was dead, though. Yeah, I did too for a little bit. Then uh, we get just his face, and like I said, I'm glad they kept him around because I, I think he'll, I think they'll do better with his character in the future. So, uh, all right, so uh, we get, we get, uh, they, they get to the Shadow Realm. This is when they discover that the reason why uh, Gore is trying to get them is because he needs Stormbreaker because he needs the Bifrost to open up eternity. Uh, but this, the whole thing where Gore is like just kind of getting into them psychologically, I, this just goes to show how great Christian Bale was. This is yeah. one of his strongest parts of this movie. Absolutely, he owned it, and you're you're just scared of him. And I yeah, guess really Christian Bale is just going to be really skinny from now on. <laughs> like in this movie, uh, yeah, Ford versus Ferrari it was. I don't know. Maybe he filmed in that Amsterdam movie that looks fantastic. That was in the trailer. He was extremely skinny in that. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see, but uh, like I said, I've I've loved what he's what he was doing. This he was just fantastic. Like I said, that psychological stuff as well as the the shadow stuff, you know, kind of engulfing the the three actors as they're as they're trying to confront him. Uh, just really really good. Uh, one of the better fight scenes that you'll see in MCU comes in this as well uh just what they're doing with the shadows and the shadow beasts they're they're fighting loved every moment of this yeah you know that's a good point i didn't think about that the fight scenes in this were very good and that's not always the case when they're fighting a villain a lot of them are like you feel like uh you could walk away from the Mm -hmm. fights and scenes but I, i enjoyed all of these yeah, I did too. I, I I loved every single fight scene they had going, and I thought these were all really good. Look, obviously, there's a lot of scenes you have because you have the shadow beasts that are there, and that's always kind of the, one of the critiques everybody has as well. There's always going to be this big CGI battle, and there there was, but it didn't seem the battle was more between Thor and Gore, and I thought that worked really really well. At least I thought so. Yeah, uh, I did too. I agree with you. Uh, so obviously, they get, just barely escaped with their lives on this. Uh, they go back. This is when we realize that Mjolnir is actually her turning into the mighty Thor is actually killing her. It's not, not allowing the the chemotherapy to work. And this is where you get these another tonal shift because we've gone from a lot of funny stuff to now serious stuff with Thor and Jane dealing with her cancer and the reality of the fact that it's killing her uh, and that she doesn't have a whole lot of time to live. Uh, this has been probably the biggest criticism that people have of this film from what I've seen. Are you okay with the tonal shifts? I did not. I did. I was fine with the tonal shifts. I was too. Uh, I, I thought they handled it well. I will say it would have been weird if Cord or somebody was around to make a joke. Yeah. That, that would have ruined it. But I thought it was fine. Also, Valkyrie was uh, hurt and looked yeah, like she was she, hurt. She, she, so she couldn't continue on with the fight as well. But yeah, I, I, thought, I thought they handled it well. A lot of that is because Chris Hemsworth and, and Natalie Portman are so good. Yeah, I think so too. I thought that I thought they handled it well. I liked it. Like I said, it's just it's what Taiki Watiti does. He goes from funny, hilarious, just completely off the wall to serious, sad stuff. Yeah. That's just what he does in his in, in the stuff that he does. And I, and I enjoyed it. I, I like I said, I thought it gave some gravity to the story because I mean it's still a, even though they're doing a lot of silly fun stuff in it, it's still a serious story when you boil it down to what it actually is. Uh, you know, so Thor decides to go and confront Gore at Eternity. He uses the Thunderbolt, which apparently can transport you there. Like that's one of the issues I do have. I don't really know how the, the Thunderbolt works. Yeah. Uh, but when he gets there, he he goes to the kids uh, and he's talking to them. And one of, one of the great things I don't remember when this happened. What I think it was, he was doing one of those little. Uh, 
uh, this actually probably happened earlier when he was doing the the ghost apparition thing, and he he was talking about how it was so disappointing. He says, you know, don't beat your heroes, and he's yeah, one of the, and he's what, the he's the hero of the kids. So. That was so funny. That was one of the things that like like why would you say that exactly? Yeah. Like you're their hero. Get the bar. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, Thor makes it to Eternity, and he is giving them a pep talk because they're all scared. They don't know what they're going to do, and he's talking about he needs an army and basically enlists the children and temporarily grants his powers to them. I don't know what people have thought about that. I haven't read a ton of reviews of this. I don't know what people thought. I kind of think that this might be something that people are nitpicking on it. I loved it. I thought it was I thought it. I thought it was awesome and especially when they drop the ending of november rain yes where they're, where they're doing the solos and right and that part and they're running i thought they killed it and i i'll be honest i don't like a lot of kids stuff and the thought if you would have told me yeah they're gonna make the kids the heroes and it's gonna be a great fight scene i would have been like oh yeah i would roll my ass too i would absolutely yeah. love but this was incredible this was I mean, I always want to see the Gardens of the Galaxy, but I was fine with this. Right, I was exactly. fine. It was, it was awesome. Like I said, there was something about that November Rain part. They just picked the perfect part of that song to be playing with it. Yeah. Uh, bravo. And, you know, the girl with the stuffed bunny. Had the oh, thing that she... was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, just absolutely wonderful. But this is when we get to the end, and Gore has used Stormbreaker to unleash, open up Eternity. It gets to Eternity, and like I said, you you weren't real convinced. I thought it worked well. Regardless, what ends up happening is Gore wishes his daughter back, uh, and basically because he's afraid that she's going to be alone. And uh, Gore looks at him after he is after Jane has died. After as he's getting ready to die, he says, "Take care of her." Thor shakes his head, yes. And we get one of my favorite parts of the movies here at the end when Thor is being a dad and he's cooking pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and that's his actual daughter. That's his actual daughter, right? That is India his actual Rose. daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that entire scene. I, this Thor dad is something that I look forward to and I can't wait to see in another film. Yes, I hope we're going to see more of this because it, it really worked. Uh, it Just the changing of this character and showing yes. all the many layers... They've nailed it. And I know Hemsworth has said, he will, he said it again, I will stick us around as mm-hmm. long as the people want me. We want you to stick around a long time. Yes, we do. I mean, just, the, you know, when they're arguing about the, the boots and, like, she shoots something uh, out of her eyes. Yes. Like, it's a brand new pair. Yeah, <laughs> that like, was yes. so funny. I'm all here for this. I need more of this in my life. So, uh, But th- that's when Korg reveals this to us, how we get the name of this movie, Love and Thunder. Apparently, they're referring to this character as Love. This is a this is not a comic character. He, I think Thor has a son in the comics. He doesn't have a daughter. Oh, yeah. uh, so this is a brand new character. You know, I, I, there has been discussion about if the MCU would ever create their own superhero that isn't related to the comics. I kind of wonder if that's what they're finally doing with her. Oh, I can see that. That makes sense. Because I kind of think the next time we'll see her, she'll probably be aged up. I think she'll probably be closer to yeah. a teenager. Uh, that's just my, my personal guess. I could be totally wrong about that. But, but I think you bring... Thor, if you bring Chris Hemsworth's daughter into this for this role, and if you plan to use her in a bigger role, I think you probably you probably age her up a little. Maybe I'm wrong. They, yeah. they, they, yeah. they, they keep her in this. I don't know. All right, so uh, that's how the movie ends. But then we get then we get the end credit scene, guys. Obviously, it's it's Marvel. We're getting mid and post credit scenes. We get the mid credit scenes. You have Zeus talking about how uh, the gods aren't respected anymore, how they want their superheroes. 
And he's like, well, then I'll give them a superhero. And we get the shot of Hercules, who is Brett Gulsey. And my goodness, we are getting Roy Kent in the MCU. And I could not be more ecstatic. I was shocked. I love Brett Goldstein. I I would have never pictured him in the, I could have seen him in the MCU at some point. I would have pictured him as Hercules. No, I And I was because I, I thought it was gonna be some younger just rip guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, I I don't even know who I was thinking about. I was like, this is gonna be some like 30-year-old, just just huge guy. And when they showed him, I was just like, Thank you, thank you. It's Roy F. <laughs> Now, there is one thing that I'm a little worried about because I was listening to the Big Picture podcast with Jonah Robinson and Sean Fennessy, and they were talking about this. So what started in 2017 with the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, when they introduced Adam Warlock in the mid-credit scene, they've started kind of doing this where they'll give us a mid-credit scene, they'll introduce character, and we don't know when we're going to see him. Like, we still don't know when we're going to see, uh, when we're going to see Eros, from the Eternals, we still don't know when we're going to see Blade. Well, they've said Blade's coming, and they they cast him as Mahershala Ali. We still don't know when we have that movie coming. So Howard who the knows? Duck, they've shown a couple of times. Yeah, and like I said, we've they've introduced these characters, and we don't know when they're coming. Uh, so that's probably the only thing that's a little concerning. Like, yeah. it's great that we got him, but when are we going to use him? That's my yes. that's probably my only real concern with this because it used to be when they did mid credit scene, it was always pointing towards the next film in the mcu now they're right. just kind of pointing towards something that could happen in the future like we don't know what's happening with that shang chi mid-credit scene uh that still hasn't kind of been talked about a whole lot so there's a lot of stuff out there that they haven't really addressed that they've been doing when they've been doing these mid-credit scenes that's a little concerning however i was listening to the uh midnight boys their instant reaction podcast on this and uh jody adenron he said something that just he sold he pitched a movie that i absolutely want to see he said what if we get a thor as a thor hercules buddy cop movie with thor as the funny guy and brett goldstein is the straight guy and i'm yes, like i want yes. that movie now <laughs> yes go film it go go get it done let brett goldstein write it because he's one of the main writers of ted lasso oh, yes really? i didn't know that yes yeah okay uh, yeah, I, I want that. I like okay, make you that. sold me, Joe Jimmy. Yes, <laughs> I want to see please. that. <laughs> I want so, that today. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, just the fact I was cackling when this happened. My son has never seen Ted Lab, so obviously, because it has tons of F-bombs. He's like, I'll be interested yeah. to see what Brett Goldstein can do without having to I was gonna say ton of F-bombs by Brett Goldstein. <laughs> <laughs> so my son was wondering, like, he's wondering why I was just cackling so much. He's like, what is that? Who's that? So what's Hercules? I said, but that's an actor, uh, the actor who's playing, who's apparently going to portray him is uh portrays a character in a show that i absolutely love and is one of my favorite characters of all time and and, and roy can't so and i will be honest i can't i know we've had some re- reveals in and the uh in the after credits that are cool like that but that got it was profanity. worth it it got profanity from me everyone <laughs> the four people I was, the, th- the three others i was with we were all like oh my god like i was just it was just shocking yeah, it really was. I like apparently those there, there have been people who have been this has been a rumor for a while that he was going to show up in a MCU project. And I I, I had not heard that. Uh, I have quit reading rumors after <laughs> after Doctor Strange. I'm I'm not looking at him anymore. Uh we do get the final put uh in credit scene. Uh, some people think they're kind of leaving the door open for 
uh, Jane Foster and Heimdall to return to the MCU, which I can kind of see, but I think this is just more, let's give them their proper ending. I think it's proper ending. Idris Elba hated yeah. and kept trying to get out because he lost big roles in movies right. where he couldn't do it because of, of the Thor schedule and he right. was he was barely in the movie. So I actually feel bad for him because you know he's he's a superhero of his own. Is wasted, a- wasted, wasted by the MCU. Yeah, he, he really wasn't. But like I said, I think this is just more let's let's tie up their let's tie up their stories, let's give them their proper send-off. And that's what know, I think too. So that's kind of what I think as well. So all right, anything else you want to add before we get to awards? Um let's see. No, I thought just just fun. Yeah, it really was. It absolutely was fun. Absolutely, it was absolutely hilarious and fun, fun film. So enjoyed it thoroughly. So, uh, all right. So I guess let's go ahead and get into our awards. So, if you are new to our show, we give six awards after we've watched a film or we have finished finished a season of television. Uh, so this is obviously a film. So we're going to be giving out six awards on it. The are, they are all based on the six characters of Friends. Up first is the Rachel, the star, the person who was the, stood out the most to you. Who's your Rachel for uh, Thor: Love and Thunder? It's, it's Hemsworth. It is. He 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 is not missing when, when he's playing this version of. Thor. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is Chris Hemsworth. I mean, he is. He has found his voice as Thor, and I think it works absolutely fantastic. And I've loved him in this film. I absolutely did. Yeah. So, all right, uh, your Joey. Who is your your character that you just enjoyed a whole lot? Maybe not the star of it, but who's the character you just really enjoyed? I will say Natalie Portman. As Jane, I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, I went with Jane here as well. Natalie Portman was really good, and I think it. We finally uh, this will be her. This will be her Han Solo performance as as Jane. Uh, you yeah. know, kind of what he did in uh, the seventh Star Wars film. And I think that's kind of what she was trying to get with this. She's, you know, and, she said, "All right, I'll I'll give you your proper ending to this character, but I'm ready to move on." And she nailed Mighty Thor. I'll yeah, she really did. Mm-hmm. She did. She she really nailed the character. So. Uh, the Chandler, the one who made you laugh the most. Who's your Chandler? I went with multiple people. The Goats. The Goats. <laughs> okay. And Russell Crowe. <laughs> okay, yeah. I actually went with the Guardians of the Galaxy. That entire scene just made me laugh Yeah, that most. was really funny. Too. I yeah. thought that scene was absolutely hysterical. But Russell Crowe made me laugh a lot. And the Goats were just, every time yeah. they screamed, you, yeah. you found yourself laughing. So. Yeah. Uh, the Phoebe, the one that you don't really, the, the oddball of the cast. Who's your Phoebe? I went with Korg here. Did you? Okay. Uh, I went with Tessa Thompson because I didn't have any other place to put her. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know where else to put her, so I ended up putting her here, and that's the reason I, I gave her the Phoebe. Uh, the Monica, an important character, but doesn't necessarily, isn't the worst character, but just nevertheless, or isn't, a, isn't the most important, isn't a bad character, but nevertheless plays an important role. Who's your Monica? I went with Tessa Thompson here. Oh, did you? Okay. And, I, and I think they should give her more to do in the next movie. Uh, I went with Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher just because, I mean, he's a villain, and I think that's yeah. kind of what, where he's supposed to be. Uh, who is your Ross? I went with Christian Bale as Gore here. Okay. Uh, I went with Russell Crowe, not because he does a bad job, but just because he's a, he's he's an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the reason yeah. I went with uh, him, because Zeus is just a jerk in the film. So He really was. was. Yeah, he, he was a, he was he was a jerk. So Never uh, meet your heroes. That's right. Never meet your heroes. All right. So we also rate our films whenever we watch them. Uh, at the top of our list is Game of Thrones. Uh, underneath the Game of Thrones is a lost. Middle of the road for us is Friends. Uh, beneath Friends is a full house. And at the bottom of the 
the barrel is Baywatch. Where does Thor, Love, and Thunder fall on our rating scale for you? I went with uh, Lost. I, yeah, I, I just, you know, I didn't think it was the, the best MCU, but uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'd watch it again. Yeah, and this is kind of, you know, this is where every MCU film, for the most part, falls for me. There's a few that stand out and go to it, but this is just what the MCU is supposed to be to me. It's supposed to be really good films that you enjoy. Maybe they're not life-changing, ground-shattering films, but you enjoy them, you you, you you have a good time while you're there, and that's what I did with this film. Like, it has some issues, and like I said, I, I think people are, are, are giving you a little bit of a harder time than they should be in the reviews of it. But I, I, like I said, I really liked it. I mean, I could have gone, I, I was close to going to Game of Thrones just because I, I had fun. I had, I had, yeah, had, had, a, had a lot of blast. Fun. So, all right. So that is our review of Thor 11 Thunder. Before we move on, though, we always do recommendations. What are some recommendations you got for our listeners? So I'm going to, I think it's still on HBO Max. I'm going to say Jojo Rabbit. Uh, just the way, you know, he, it's a movie about a, a child in, in the Holocaust and uh, the, in the German and how they deal with it. And uh, it ends up being kind of a heartwarming movie, which is surprising with some humor. And it's Taika, he, he can pull it off. So I, I would definitely recommend it if you've never seen it. It's on HBO Max. The next thing, we lost uh, James Kahn this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just... We have so few of these guys from that era, just that tough, right. macho, but guys that could really act too. And I would put him in there. And I just wanted to mention some of his movies that are streaming. The Godfather, of course, Sonny Corleone is on Paramount Plus. Uh, Misery, which is fantastic, is on Showtime. Uh, Bottle Rocket, which is Wes Anderson's first movie, the first That's movie it. that has Owen and Luke Wilson. Oh. Uh, James Caan is in that movie. And that is on HBO Max. Elf is on HBO Max. Uh, the program is on Hulu, which is a uh, football movie. Yes, yeah, so uh, he was in that. He was the coach. It's been so long since I don't remember. Yeah, it's a lot. It came out in like '92. Yeah. So uh, those are some ones. Uh, just a, a great actor, and that that will be missed. And there's some good stuff out there to watch. Uh, I went with a couple of things. Uh, one of the things I went with is on HBO Max. It's called Irma Vep. It is, I haven't seen the whole, I haven't seen every episode that's out. It's an HBO show, but it, they, you can catch it on HBO Max. Uh, but it's actually one of the HBO shows. So it, there's this weird thing where it's kind of hard to figure out what's HBO Max. But if, you, if you're ever wondering, when you turn on a show or a movie and it says HBO Max at the beginning, that's an HBO Max show. If it says HBO, it's just an HBO show. So if you're wondering how to de- determine them, but um I've enjoyed what I've the first few episodes of Vermavep. It's got oh I can't remember that lady's name. She's a Swedish actor. Uh, she won the Academy Award for Best Picture a while back. I'm not going to look it up right now, but she's she's really good in it. I've enjoyed. Yeah, I know it, it has. Uh, it's getting really good reviews. I have not seen it, but I, I've seen it, people talk about it. Yeah, it's kind of highbrow. I'll be perfectly honest with you. So it may not be for everybody, but I have enjoyed it. So um, that's one of my uh, recommendations. I couldn't recommend Westworld after the first episode because I didn't know what they were doing. Second episode. I got season one vibes. It was, I was really loving the second episode of of Westworld. And like I said, I was getting serious season one vibes from it. So if you haven't seen the first two episodes of Westworld yet, go check it out. It's like, the first one's weird. I don't know what they're doing. I didn't know what they were doing. The second one, they get some clarity in it. And I, I really like what they were doing in it. Like I said, I got season one vibes from it. And that's, that's pretty high praise for Westworld. Yeah. 
Uh, last thing is only murders in the building is in its second season. Uh, I kind of forgotten about it. Uh, I've watched the first few episodes from season one this year and just kind of it got, got lost in the shuffle. And I saw the season two had come out on Hulu. I was like, oh, I need to go back and finish that. So I did, loved it. Uh, and the first couple of episodes for season two are out. And maybe the first three episodes, I'm not 100% positive, but uh, it's 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 such a good show. And it I'm is. I'm, it I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing that. So, uh, so those are my recommendations. Anything else you want to say before we head off and I tell them what we're going to be reviewing on the midweek? I just need more screaming goats. That's all. <laughs> more screaming goats, exactly. Uh, I, I completely understand. I completely agree. So, uh, we are going to be reviewing the, the last two episodes, Volume Two, uh, Stranger Things, Season Four, in our midweek episode. So, if you have not watched them, which I find I find that hard to believe if you're listening to our podcast, uh, but if you haven't watched them, go watch them. Uh, it's about four hours. So, uh, but they've been out since July first. So, my guess is most people have seen them by this point. Uh, but we're going to be wrapping up our discussion on uh, Stranger Things season four. Can't wait to do that because it is a fantastic show and this is a fantastic season of it. So, yes. All right, guys. Uh, we will head off into the sunset. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.